Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. I want to welcome you today to the Equip podcast brought to you by Rise Ministries. I'm Pam Keneally, co-founder of this organization, and today Kim Heineke, Director of Operations, is with me. If you're new to the Equip podcast by Rise Ministries, we just want to say, hey, welcome. We're so glad you're with us and and just hope you find these podcasts wonderfully contagious. <laughs> but we are excited to bring to you tools for navigating real life, and we invite you to continue following the podcast on iTunes or Spotify as well. In today's podcast, actually, we want to talk about something that every one of us at one time or another has addressed, or maybe you're addressing it now, and that is dealing with wanting to start a clean slate and just move forward. It may be you're not guilty at all. You just want to start all all over, or maybe you have a murky conscience you need to deal with. I mean, I've certainly been there and understand that. But I don't know about you, but sometimes uh, when it comes to my conscience, it feels like a classroom chalkboard where all my undesirable thoughts and actions and feelings have caused negative marks on my brain, and I just want to get rid of them. So Mm -hmm. uh, today, hopefully, we're going to talk about what that looks like as we start afresh uh, as we move forward. But that's what we want to chat about today, four ways in this upcoming year to daily cultivate a clean slate before God and move forward with what he has for us. So with that being said, I just want to start, Kim, just for a moment, because it's going to be point number one here in a minute, talking about our conscience. Um, can you tell me, uh, it's confession time. <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's okay. just start this off okay, with just some confession. Okay, start this all with, with our sinful natures. But um, do you, we all know what a conscience is. It's that partner soul that, that directs us to right and wrong. Do you recall a time or uh, that your conscience was just bugging you to no end and you knew that you needed to deal with it? <laughs> you sinner, you. <laughs> Gosh, oh. I hope the audio doesn't mess up as I, I confess all these things. Yeah. You know, something comes to mind really easily when you ask me that question. There was a time probably, I don't know, three or four or five years ago. And I remember a friend of mine, we were in this Bible study setting, and a friend of mine, Cindy Beal, asked me a very pointed question, just matter of fact, she didn't really care about the answer, she just asked me a question um, about something rather personal, and I just boldly lied to her. (laughs) You bad girl. (laughs) And even as the words were coming out of my mouth, I'm thinking, there's no need to lie about this, there's no shame in, in there's no shame in this. Why am I lying? Sure. But I did it anyway. And then I went home and probably for nearly a year, which sounds crazy, but it's true. Nearly a year, my conscience, the Holy Spirit would bring that to mind that would say, you know, you lied to one of your best friends. <laughs> and I would just like, Shh, you know, don't you love that? Slough it off like, <laughs> stop. It's no big deal. Sure. But yeah, whenever you say, can you think of a time? I, I vividly remember the time that mm-hmm. I lied to my friend mm-hmm. about something that was, there's no need to lie about it. And after about a year, when I really couldn't a take year? it anymore, I'm not kidding that it was a year. So I called her on the phone one day and I said, I need to tell you something. I lied to you. And I'm sure she thought it was over something big. And then whenever I confessed what it was, she didn't even remember. remember. Mm-hmm. She was like, you know, I don't even remember that. But I couldn't stop thinking about it. Sure. So I want to say for the record, I have not lied to Cindy Beal <laughs> since, since then. then. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I intend to because it's, it was a rough year of yeah. wrestling my oh, conscience. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sure all of us can identify one time or another where the or our conscience bothered us and the Holy Spirit blatantly spoke to us. I'll tell you real quick a time I remember 
Not, maybe I've talked about it on another one. As I had bought this dress at Dillard's. Did I have I talked about I this before? Well, if you remember. if you have, would you laugh like this is the first time I've said it? And so so I take it home. It fit perfectly. It was this, and so I took it home and I needed to iron it. It was velvet or something. And so when I ironed it, <clears throat> a strip of it, it ruined it. Oh. And I was like, Oh, oh I, I know where this is going, but I haven't heard <laughs> it. I, and I, I can't go to the party like this. I, I got to be cute. And so I took the dress back to get the next. I just exchange. I just exchange it. It's no mm-hmm. big deal. I'm just gonna exchange it. And I was walking up to do it. The Holy Spirit said, "What about the person that buys this dress?" Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad for that person <laughs> that they were going to take home a defective dress. And I wrestled with it, Kim. I did. Did I, you wrestle with it for a year? No, I okay. didn't. I'm not that simple. <laughs> But anyway, you know what? I'm thankful that I did the right thing at that moment. Not that I always did. So I took home the dress, the old, the you know, dress that was ruined. And, and anyway, I'm, you know, I could really could have gone either way, actually. But anyway, um, I want to talk about our conscience because it's so important as we move forward in an open-hearted relationship with the Lord that God gave us our conscience. And and um, let me just ask you real quick, Kim, what do you or how do you teach your boys about following their conscience or listening to their conscience? How do you, how do, you do that? You know, that is kind of a lifelong thing that you do with kids. Often, and I can think of an example in particular when one of my boys was hiding his iPad in the bathroom. And I homeschool them. And so this one particular morning, he suddenly had to go to the bathroom like five or six times. And it was <laughs> how like, fun the bathroom how is. How fun the bathroom is, yeah. And so, and I remember saying, man, you know, are you are feeling you okay? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And then he would work a little longer and say, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. And then he'd disappear. So finally I thought, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of says to me, like, hey, you might want to check this out. So I went down there and I kind of knocked on the door. I was like, do you have electronics in there? He said, no. And I thought, well, you probably do. Long story too long. I eventually found his iPad hidden in one of the drawers in there. Mm-hmm. where, And he had lied to me. And so rather than saying, I know you lied to me, I started talking to him about how I know honesty is important to him. And, you know, just, just kind of affirming some characteristics in him that, that I knew he, were important to him. Was he turning purple? No, he, he held fast that he wasn't hiding anything in there. So I just kind of left it. And I just prayed that God would, you know, bring that to mind for him. And after a couple of days, he finally came and said, I lied to you. And in a very teachable moment, rather than punishing him, I can say, you know, Jack, that is the way the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit brings conviction like that. And it's that little inner voice in you that says, maybe you should go confess this. Mm-hmm. And just teaching them how to hear God's voice after they've after they've heard it. You know, like talking about it often so that they recognize it. And then whenever it does happen for them, connecting the dots so they can say, oh, so that's what that is. Sure. That's just, so beautiful. Just some little things like right. that. That is a great way. And you didn't even mention the word conscience. You used the, the character. You went the character trait route, which is, yeah, I wanna, which is awesome. I want to teach them that, that God speaks to us, you know, not in condemnation, but that gentle voice, that gentle feeling that you have that says, I did something wrong. Sure, That's sure. the Holy Spirit revealing to you your sinful nature. And, Absolutely. And with the boys, I try to always use the biblical words like that, I want them to be familiar with. I want them to be familiar with those words. Sure. I love that. Well, you know what? I like to think of it as we are trying to move forward and starting afresh 
how important it is that we, the Bible tells us to check our conscience, mm-hmm. that the, God gave us our conscience as a, as an indicator. It reminds me of driving down the road and, and there, a red light comes up on the dashboard. And that's a signal to me that something is going wrong under the hood. And so the conscience is like when it bing, 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 bing comes up, for me, it's for me to stop and take a look under the hood and see what's going on there. And that I know that's the Spirit trying to clean me out So because He's got stuff for me. And, right. And, and I can't receive it if I, you know, God can take me no farther than the last time I said no, and I don't want that to happen. So uh, I kind of look at my conscience as that little red binging in my head that I need to look underneath the hood and see what's happening. So with that being said, let's move into four points in a way that we can have a clean slate starting this day forward and not just as we face the days ahead, but every day. And so the first point I really want to make is that to start a clear conscience or to, to, to have a clean slate, we have we have to examine our conscience. We may not want to, but we have to stop because the Holy Spirit will clearly tell us we have to stop long enough and say, what are you trying to tell me? And he may gently, like he reminded your boys or you, gently remind you that you have sinned, that you have violated mm-hmm. his His law. And so we have to be <clears throat> ready to repent and turn and say we're sorry. And um, that that is the number one rule to have a clean slate, first mm-hmm. of all, is to be willing to say, okay, I'm clean. And I have confessed it, and it's amazing. Uh, when, after you told your friend, did you just feel like a new person? I did. I did. I felt, I really did feel, um, it sounds Sunday schoolish, but I did feel clean because I even used the words, will you forgive me? Because even though it didn't matter to her, I knew that I had, I had wronged her. Mm-hmm. I had taken, I had taken lightly our friendship, and I had been dishonest, and I had I had disrespected her as a friend by being untruthful. Sure, and it was just a small lie, but it was a big enough deal to my conscience mm-hmm. that it kind of stuck with sure. me. But yeah, when that was out in the open, I mean, sin doesn't grow in the dark. Mm-hmm. So when it's out in the open, then you feel like, okay, now I can move on. Sure. And when I see her, I don't think that she's in the back of her mind thinking, well, she lied to me sure. five years ago. Sure. I mean, we're done with it. Right. You know, Kim, I wonder. How many things or blessings did you miss out on that year that God could have, would have, should have wanted to do, but mm-hmm. he just couldn't kind of move, he just couldn't get there? I don't know. One, maybe one day we'll see, but yeah. for now you did the right thing. But but it reminds me of a verse, and Kim, honestly, it is my favorite verse, and it's because I need it so desperately, and it's the understanding of 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sin, confess it. That means tell God about it, don't hide it. Tell him you're sorry. Tell him about it. He's faithful and just to forgive, but not just that, but then to cleanse us. Mm-hmm. And that is my favorite. It reminds me of, I've used this before, and if this was a video, I'd be doing it right now, but it's not. It's audio. But just envision bringing a dirty doll that's got dirt on it. You know, you know you've done something wrong. You know your your heart convicts you, and you just know, ooh, it's just not right, and, and you don't want anybody to know about it for sure, and there's just dirty spots on it. We've all been there, but the Bible says that when we bring that dirty doll or that spots on it, we can dip it in the water and bring it back up, and it's gone. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's called a holy bath. I take holy baths all day long, and I <laughs> it just feels so good that we do have a place to run when we mm-hmm. feel guilt and shame. And girlfriend, if you're carrying guilt and shame, I'm sorry, you just don't need to. Right. If you're willing to take a holy bath, do it. 
do it and then receive the cleansing that God has mm-hmm. for you. So, And I, I want to just comment on that scripture. It's interesting that it says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. I didn't have to call my friend and confess that to be forgiven. But he clear, I mean, but God, he knows that we sinned. Hello. Mm-hmm. But there is something about, there is something about admitting and say, saying it. I've sinned. I have wronged. You know, or I'm in the wrong on this. There is something about verbally admitting it, sure, and not just brushing it under the rug. Sure. I mean, I think it, you go through life and you do that. Like we know we've sinned, but there's something really sacred about stopping and asking the Father to forgive us. You know, like I want to receive your forgiveness for this thing that I have done, or sure. asking Him to bring to mind those mm-hmm. things. You know, the Spirit just brought something to my mind. You may be a single mom that. You're like, okay, if I go to my boss and I confess that I have done da-da-da-da-da, I'll lose my job. Or if I, you know, I mean, it's going to be like a big consequence if you confess this thing. I I just want to encourage you to take it to the Lord that if he is present on your heart, you have to trust him with the results on the other side. Mm -hmm. That he is good, that he desires your your, um, freedom from bondage over this greater than maybe you think you need this or that, mm-hmm. that God will provide. And I don't know what that looks like. I just felt like saying that. Yeah. So, yeah. But um, it reminds me of Acts twenty four sixteen, And I love this, this verse, but the word always kind of gets to me. It says, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and everyone else. Um, mm, that's always is a big word, but mm-hmm. it is a goal that we can mm-hmm. seek as we move forward. So point number one is... Um, to just having a clean slate, friend, is examine your conscience and then confess if anything's there. Yep. So point two, let's move on. Um, point two would be um, this. You know, Kim, I was surprised in my uh, Bible study series, I Can't Fix It. There were four lessons. I can't fix my kids. I can't fix uh, others. I can't fix the past. I can't fix the present. I was stunned that the lesson that received the most views and comments was I can't fix the past. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure it'd be I can't fix others or the kids. Right. I was it was a real eye opener to mm-hmm. me that that for all of us, especially single moms, sometimes the past is a is a is we have a hard time forgiving ourselves with the right. past. And so point number two in moving forward in a clean slate is to view your past from God's perspective. And um that sometimes means letting go. Right. And forgiving yourself. But that can be hard to do, don't not, you think? Yeah. Oh, yes. Not easy. Not easy at all. It's not easy. Sometimes we just have to uh, see it from God's perspective. And what is his perspective? That if we confess our sin and he is faithful and just to cleanse us from our sin, from all unrighteousness, before him, and this is hard for us to see because we condemn ourselves and we think we're so horrible and we don't deserve it. Before him, we're clean. Right. Before him, we're clean. And therefore... We can reframe our past where we're the hero of the story because we have, we have learned a lesson. We have <clears throat> sought him. We are ready to move forward. That we can reframe the way we see our past. Mm-hmm. That's good. And to hold on to, to hold on to those feelings of shame, and all those things that come with unconfessed sin. Once we've confessed that, and we've received the forgiveness of the Father. I feel like to hold on to those things is sinful. Yes. I mean, it. 
we do have to we do have to let that go and move forward in faith that he has forgiven us and and you know like you're saying reframe your past where you're the hero of the story even more so reframe it where God is the hero yes, of your story. Yes, I like that even better. You know, where where we didn't deserve any of that, mm-hmm. but because of his grace, we that's what we have. Yes. And so um and and I just want to quickly as a little rabbit trail here if you are listening and you have not participated in the bible study that pam just mentioned i can't fix it it's it's really it's one of my favorites i edit those and and write some of the questions and i have listened to that series many 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 times Mm. and it is it's outstanding so Mm. if you're listening and you haven't done that that would be a really Mm. a great one to check Mm. out okay back to your show (laughs) yes you know what i just i want to say too that when we see our past as an indicator of how far we have come Mm -hmm. It becomes a positive element in our story. Um, I certainly don't have a past with the divorce and so many things. It's hurtful to my heart to this day, but but it's an indicator of how far I have come. And then God gets all the glory. So, you know, I just want to say, just don't focus on your past. Whatever you focus on the longest becomes the strongest. And so if it's still strong in your heart, girlfriend, you're just focusing on it too much. Yeah. Just let it go. And um, don't look back unless you plan on staying there. So let go and just move forward. So it's good. That's and it's scary. Two. Sometimes it's just real scary to let go. You feel like, oh, well, I did this. I had this thing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. maybe I'm ashamed of or, you know, what, whatever, or this thing that happened to me or was done to me, whatever. You have this thing and it's you're comfortable holding on to it. Yes. And so it can be scary to let go. Mm-hmm. But there, there really is freedom on the other side of there's just freedom. There is. You know, sometimes I have found in, in visiting with women um, that their identity, who they are, mm-hmm. how they see themselves is truly wrapped up in some of their past behaviors. Yeah. They can't they can't even see themselves for who they are. A child of God, dearly loved, a prince is a member of the royal court. That just sounds like it's somebody for somebody else. But girlfriend, if you have received Christ as your savior, you you are his princess, and you have every right, according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live in that in that realm. Yeah. And we just need to move in that way. So, number one, to start a clean slate, we need to keep short accounts with God. Uh, by confession, we need to view our past from God's perspective. And point number three is... Um, we need to stay in the Word of God for nourishment and, and I say survival because yeah. sometimes it's just. So, Kim, how do we do that? How do we, how do we stay in the Word of God for nourishment? I mean, as a as a busy mom, you're like, and now you want me to stay in the Word when uh-huh. I'm doing. I mean, how, how can they do that? You know, I think you make the decision one time that I am going to I'm going to follow Christ, and then it's a matter of discipline the rest of your life just to live it out. It's a matter of it's a matter of choosing to think about the things God loves. It's a matter of choosing to spend time in his word. It's a matter of choosing to practice his presence. It's just it's forming a habit to make him the most important thing in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can go through all the we can go through all the things that we know like we need to get up and we need to have a quiet time. We need to read the Bible. We need to we need to pray. We need to do all those things. We really need to practice his presence. And that and, and the way that we meet with him may look different for all of us. It may not, I may not have my cute little journal, 
and my version exactly. study plan mm-hmm. exactly the way that you do. Mm-hmm. But it's a, I don't know if I'm answering your question yes. right, but when you're talking about staying in the word for nourishment, there's really no other way than just to do it. Sure. I, yeah, it, it, it's truly, a, it's, you said it. You brush your teeth every day because if you don't, you're going to get cavities mm-hmm. and you're going to have bad teeth. Sure. And so every day we, all of us, I mean, tell me all of us mm-hmm. choose <laughs> to get up and brush our teeth. Sure. It's the same with the word of God. Sure. If you want the word of God to live in you, then be full of his word. If you want the Holy Spirit to bring to mind the right thing at the right time, then be be full of his word. And the Bible tells us that that comes through hearing the word. Sure. And you have to you have to put it in you. You know, right. so many things as a woman we cannot control. We cannot control so many outside elements that come to us. I didn't deserve that. You know, or so many things on the outside realm we cannot control. And they come to us and they bombard us and they put us it throws, throws us on throws us on this side or that side. We just are driven and tossed by all these external things. But we nobody Nobody can control my internal. Mm-hmm. I am the only one that I am the controller. And so if you don't want all those external things to be throwing you and tossing you to and from, you got to take charge of the internal. And you, my friend, are the only one that can do right. it. And it starts with, like you said, Kim, just a choice, mm-hmm. just a priority. And then I think when you start and God shows you how to do it, it may be different for you and me then he will take you to the next step. Yeah. It may just be setting your timer on your phone at lunch to just have a few quiet time minutes with God or read the word or just ask him and he will show you for your circumstance how to begin a desire to love God's word. So, And we, I mean, the the answer will be, well, I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. I get that because I've said it. I'm I mean, I've said it a lot. I just don't have time. But then if you stop and think about the things that I have made time for, you know, even even in my family, there's a series on Netflix that I was watching and and I'm super behind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Right. I'm behind some other family members. And uh, they said, when are you going to get caught up? And I said, I just kind of put a rule down for me that until I have spent real time in God's word, I cannot let myself do that. And you know, it sounds silly, but if you if you just stop and take inventory of the amount of time that we all spend on Instagram or Facebook or Netflix or just Amazon, hello mm-hmm, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, if we just stop and take inventory of those things, you will see I really do have time. It's a sure. matter of what's important to me. So the Uversion Bible app is fantastic. There's tons of reading plans. Pam, you have a reading mm-hmm. plan on there. It's called Single Mom Strong. And um, so if you're looking, you know, for for a good place to start, that'd be a great place to start for for moms that are listening. Okay, good job. Well, I'm just plugging all kinds of things. Okay. It really wasn't the plan, but I have okay, things to well, plug. Well, that just that just <laughs> happened. So we'll see what God does with it. So anyway, so uh, first of all, like I said, uh, keep short accounts with God. Um, examine your conscience. View your past from God's perspective. Stay in God's word for nourishment. And the last one. Uh, is a true bender. It it really is a true bender, and it is so goes against our nature when we are just fighting to go uphill against so many things that can come against us. But it is possible, and that is. Are you ready for this? Don't don't just fall over. But here it is. <laughs> Anticipate an expectation of victory. That the Bible says that 
that we become what we think mm-hmm. and we we need to think more more uh, expectation than experience so many times we, we get caught up in our experience we're wrapped up in our experience instead of our anticipation and God's word says that we have not because we ask not and I truly believe there's so much more out there for us when we just change the way we think that's good uh, friend you are worthy of a clear, clean conscience you are worthy um you you have been given a life based through Christ-based filter rather than shame-based filter. And <clears throat> it's a matter of cultivating that. And I love what First Peter says. Um, don't know the verse exactly, but it says, We have been born again to a living hope, a living hope through the resurrection of Christ. That's good. That um, there's hope. And, you know, I, I might say that uh, the last chapter in my book, The Single Mom and Her Roller Coaster Emotions, I was telling Kim a minute ago, I just picked it up and looked at it. I hadn't read it in a while. And I started reading the last chapter and I, I was like, whoa, I need this. But um, <clears throat> I wanted to share some things that that I wrote uh, or that God gave me to write on page 140 about what happens when we believe God's plan for good. Um it's a matter of choice and what we think, and it's, it truly is a matter of expectation. Um, it says, how do we keep this hope alive even in our troubles? Um, listen, and I wrote down these things. We expect God to transform us into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. There is an expectation. We expect God to work our singleness for good. We just expect it. We expect God to father the children. We just expect it. We expect God to abide with us. We just expect it. We expect God to lead the way. We don't know what we're doing, God. I don't know what I'm doing, God. I'm taking putting one foot in front of the other. That's okay. But I expect God to take my foot the next step. Yeah. And we expect God to take care of the details. Um, when we have done that and we believe God's plan for good, then we can forget what pain lies behind us and press into now treasuring each day's memories. And moms, each day has memories. I want you to just put them in your mind and look at the beautiful memories and catalog those because they're going to be gone so fast. And um, just look for ways to, to cultivate those memories and remember that when we value the good that God gives us, he prepares us to receive more good. So if you want more good, you need to treasure the good he's already given you. That's good. And then he will expand it and give you more. It's just a matter a mindset. So I, I love just kind of want to say that. Yeah, I, I love the thought about expecting that because truthfully, we will find what we're looking for. Yes. Every single time. If we expect God to be who he says he is, we will see him as who he says he is. Mm-hmm. If we expect our life to be um, sad... And if we expect all those things, then we can that's, find it. that's what we're going to find. <laughs> so it's like people, whenever they go to a foreign country, they say, I don't want to go there because it's a dirty place. And I think, I've been there. I was excited to go, and it was great. Sure. You know, you, you just you see what you're looking for. Exactly. I love that. Well, friend, I tell you what, I'm ever so grateful that at any time, place, or season, we've been given the opportunity to start afresh. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Um I love the verse that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a steadfast spirit. To create in me means 
get me something I haven't had before, creating me a clean heart. And that's what we all want, isn't it? But we have been reminded that in our podcast today, that God wants to give us a clean heart and a clean slate if we just ask him and follow, follow his way that he's provided for us. Friend, we would love to hear your thoughts on this topic, or maybe you could ask questions. We can answer on future podcasts. We'd love to do that. Just leave a comment or on social media or email us at info at ariseministries.net. And before we go, Kim, I just thought of one more thing I want to say real fast. If you're in that guilt, shame, and you're just trying to move forward, I want to remind you of the greatest verse. That's Romans 8.1. It says, for there is no condemnation for you in Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does that mean? No condemnation can be defined. It really, it's a courtroom language. To have no condemnation declares, it, it declares to you it means to be found innocent. You're innocent of the accusation. To have no sentence inflicted or no guilty verdict found on your behalf. By the grace of God, believers in Jesus Christ will not face any condemnation and don't face any condemnation every single day. <laughs> Is that not the best <laughs> news ever? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so, friend, claim Romans 8.1 and allow God to move you forward as we press through the days ahead. If you've enjoyed our podcast today, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media. Please tell the friends about us and be sure to visit our website at www.ariseministries.net. And there you will see videos, articles, and podcasts specifically for moms. Lots of tools for navigating real life. I want to thank you for listening and have a clean slate day. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.